right, so, well, you know, like, weird news, which I love. I like good news, too, and I'm not going to mention my idea because I don't want anybody to steal it, you know, but let's, here's some funny shit right now, pardon my uh, French, Alabama town won't toss 10,000 trash bins despite embarrassing typo. So this little town, Pritchard, Alabama, uh, they they made up these new residential gar- garbage cans, and it's supposed to say it's located in Mobile County. Instead, they say the town is located in Mobile Country. Well, that's not so bad of a typo, so I don't know what why is that so weird. <laughs> but, you know... Some spelling mistakes are tough to see, the ad says, but that doesn't include the one that was made on 10,000 trash bins <laughs> in the Alabama city. The city of Pritchard's new residential garbage cans say the town is located in Mobile Country, but they were supposed to say it's located in Mobile County without the extra R. The mistake isn't just in fine print. It's printed in large letters on two sides of the big gray cans. Uh, it's an expensive... I, you know what? I, what do you think? I, I don't blame them for not changing them. That's a lot of money. Just just for that. Just give the residents stickers that say counting instead of country. And right. have them slap them on. Or have it in the trash truck. And when the trash people come, they can just paste it on the trash can instead of... Like, yeah. throwing them out. Just put something, like, or have, like, just recollect them for a little bit and spray paint them over and change the label. Like, you don't have to throw out the can- the whole can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No reason. Well, it says here they don't replace, they don't plan on replacing the bins, and, and that's fine with some people. Just, like, I'd be fine with it. Big deal. It's a trash can. Ugh. And... I'm having hiccups. Sorry. Yeah, it's a trash can. Big deal. You know? I mean... Um, but somebody somebody dropped the ball there. Some proofreader dropped the ball. But it's an easy mistake. You know? We're human, man. You know? Uh, one resident goes, eh, It doesn't really matter. As long as they pick it up. Said longtime resident Merlene Henderson. Sorry. Merlene. <laughs> But uh, that's a shitty southern accent, by the way. Uh, So that was in the weird news. I'll find some more later. Um, But how cool is that? How funny. Uh, Oh, my God. Are you ready for the new year? No? That's the end of this millennia. In other words, no no more 19, right? No more teens for a while. Yeah. No more teens is right. 2020. It's the year of clear vision. See, if I was running for president, 2020, the year of clear vision. Clearly, you need to vote for me. (laughs) Why don't you run for president? I'd be a good president. You know? I can make good decisions for good people. As long as I have my my clan around me, I'd have... uh, who would I have around me? I'd have the Burn and Ortiz. What's her name? Alexandria Castillo. Yeah, Cortez. she'll be with me. That 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 Tom guy. I like him. I'll give him a little shot somewhere. 
you know. Uh, Corey, I have Corey on my team. I like Corey. Yeah, Corey's cool, man. He's he means well. Um, who else? Warren? No, sorry, sorry, lady. You can retire. Of course, Bernie. I did say Bernie, right? Yeah, Bernie. You mean Booker? Corey Booker? Corey Booker? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's just, hey, as long as we keep an eye on him, yeah, we're good. You know? Why? What were you thinking? We're gonna keep it apolitical. That's what she's thinking. That's what you said. That's what I said. That's out the window. Well, no, that's it. We're done. <laughs> We're done. That's it. Oh. That's it. We're I done. get it. Apolitical meaning only your opinion. Well, you know what it is here? I don't want to be like the news. I don't want to be like them. I don't want to be biased. Okay? But if I'm going to report shit, we're going to do it right in unbiased Walter Cronkite old way. Everybody this is this here, this side, and this side. The only, the only problem. Go ahead. Is when you don't admit that it's your biases. No. When before you were born, okay. Before you were born, I used to watch television. Everybody in this country used to watch television and knew whatever channel they watched, it wasn't going to be for one side or another. This really happened. I understand that. Do you understand? Yeah. How could you? You better watch some old news. TYT. That is... Biased. But they admit... They they give the facts. Okay. And then, after giving the facts, after giving the truth, they give props to either side, whether they agree with the side or not. Absolutely. And then they admit, this is my personal opinion. When they're doing opinion pieces, when they're doing news pieces, they just Okay, the TYT fan. I'm a TYT fan, too. But... This is not the subject. The subject is television and large news corporations being for one side or another. It's about division. The division sucks. Yes, it does. And that's all I'm saying. Um, to me, it's like I've read The Stand by Stephen King. It's almost like The Stand. If you read The Stand, you'll see what I mean. And it's almost like the movie Idiocracy. If you haven't watched that movie, it's like the dumbing down of America, man. I'm not going to say which side's dumb, okay? You just take a guess and let me know. Message us. Which side does Mark think is dumb? Politically. And then watch Idiocracy. It's a funny movie, but it's also scary because it could be true, man. It's nuts. I mean, look at... I like this water. Oh, it's got electrolytes. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I know it doesn't. But they drank... Uh, look at that bird. I don't know what it is. It's gorgeous. We've seen a nice bird now, ladies and gentlemen. It's got blue wings. It's got a, a light tan uh, belly and white underneath that. But the wings are blue. And his head's like blue. Very cool looking bird. And we'll be back right after this.
constipation can be a problem for anyone, even doctors. And when constipation occurs, it's interesting to see just what doctors consider important about a laxative they might use or recommend. Well, a majority of the doctors we heard from had this to say. A laxative should be effective, gentle, close to natural acting. A medicine that can be used with complete confidence. Now, X-Lax has been popular with many doctors and millions of people over the years because chocolate at X-Lax is effective. Overnight, it helps you toward your normal regularity. X-Lax is so gentle, so close to natural acting, there's no upset. That's why many doctors and millions of people use X-Lax with complete confidence. X-Lax, the laxative that helps you toward your normal regularity, gently, overnight. Now, without further ado, a reconstructed corpse. San Quentin, you've been living hell to me. A long night in the cells had given me time to reflect and sober up. Thanks to Juliet and Miles, a night of passion with Francis had been thwarted, hence my late night walk, traversing the mean streets of Brighton. After 35 years, surely one night of semi-marital bliss wasn't much to ask. Just one night in a warm bed and I wouldn't have spotted D.S. Marchmont skulking in a back alley. One night of nuptial ecstasy and I wouldn't have followed the tramp with the suitcase and the dodgy limp. But with Juliet noisily making out in an adjoining room, our anniversary celebration ended with me singing country blues in a police cell. Someone for you, Charles. If it's Albert Pierpoint, I haven't had my last meal. Chokey again. This is uh, becoming a habit. You took your time. I found every alien in Sussex, you uncrate. Well, thanks for entertaining us. Mr. Cash may now leave the building. Well done on pissing off the other prisoners. Uh, they're not prisoners. They're officers from the night shift. I feel their pain. Ex excuse me, Francis, I am present. Don't we know it? Come on, let's get out of here. Well, what, what about an apology? Charles! I, 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 I want an inquiry. Someone's going to pay for this. One leather belt, one biro, one packet of cigarettes, one left, and one chrome lighter. You can keep that and the cigarette. No, he can't, and I'm going to have someone for wrongful arrest. Well, if you'd like to make a formal complaint, I'll get the appropriate paperwork. Oh, what's all this? Ah, Superintendent Sawsby, just the man. Charles, what are you doing here? I, want, I went out last I, I meant in Brighton. The rest of the TV crew are on their way back to London. Are they? A special constable saw him hanging around Trafalgar Lane, sir. Aye. What goes on down there? Well, it's not exactly the most salubrious part of town. Provided it's between consenting adults, we can't arrest men for their orientation or proclivities. I wasn't hanging around, and I haven't got proclivities. You say that. It was mistaken identity, sir. The special mistook Mr. Paris for Martin Earnshaw. Martin Earnshaw? He's dead. 
Well, the SC's nickname is Columbo, sir. Ah, I got it. And Mr. Paris is the look-alike in the TV reconstruction. As I told the toy policeman. And I'm an actor, not a look-alike. Unfortunately, he got off on the wrong foot with the arresting officer. Surely not. The overzealous cretin arrested me. Word of advice, coppers don't respond well to insults. Especially when you've got form. Form? recently arrested in London for obstruction. Actually, on that occasion, the police were obstructing him from getting into my house. You're the brave. The wife. Really? Why the surprise? I assumed you were a bachelor. Francis, this is Superintendent Salisbury. If I had a lovely, attractive lady like this waiting for me, I wouldn't be loitering round the back streets of Brighton. I wasn't loitering. If I were you, my dear, I'd take this one back to London. I'm not you, and I'm okay, not your... Okay, Francis. Salisbury. Come on, Charles. Oh, I knew this would happen. Where'd they find it? Let's go. Right, I'll get straight down there. Get me a car and a driver, will you, Sarge? Sir. Another piece of Earnshaw turned up. With respect, Charles, that's none of your business. Professional interest, Superintendent. I just wondered if Citizen's Arrest might need me for more filming. This is a human life we're talking about. Well, obviously, I wasn't being flippant. Don't worry. I'm sure your telly friends will be coming straight back. In the meantime, dear lady, do us all a favour. And keep him out of my way. Dear lady. Two double scotches for me, Francis. Dear lady. What do you want to drink? Grapefruit juice. Coming up. I thought grapefruit clashes with your blood pressure pills. Said the hypocrite drinking a 40% breakfast. Just thinking of your health. Thinking of your own. Did that dinosaur really say, dear lady? No, who calling you a lady? Ah, ow. Will you little creep? Me or Salisbury? For all your many faults, you're not a chauvinist. I think that's a compliment fighting to get out. You know, I'm starting to like Superintendent Salisbury. He's one of those men who makes the rest of us look good. He's a hideous tub of lard. I think you've just lost the PC high ground. There you go. Thanks. Cheers. <clears throat> See if you can make the next one touch your throat. You have no idea what a night I've had. I've seen the green mile. Oh, you can laugh. Snugly tucked up in a hotel room. No one asked you to roam the streets in the middle of the night. What the hell are you doing? Why do you always assume that things are my fault? Tell me that was rhetorical. I suppose you were drunk. If you recall, thanks to our daughter and our arsy husband, we were both drunk. Yet I didn't end up in a police cell. Again. Come on, Charles, what did you do? So I told her how I'd seen D.S. Marchmont in Trafalgar Lane, eyeing up the window of a flat over a junk shop. And about the tramp who left the flat dragging a large suitcase. And you followed him? Yeah. Why? He looked iffy. I refer you to question one. It was late and the suitcase was suspiciously heavy. He also had a limp. Why didn't you say, of course you'd follow a tramp with a limp? Who wouldn't? It was a bad limp. You see, now I'm starting to feel sorry for I you. I mean, unconvincing. Like someone acting a limp badly. A hammy limp. Exactly. What were you going to do? Review it for The Guardian? The point is, I didn't think he was a tramp at all. I think it was someone playing the part of a tramp, to be precise. I think it was Ed Faraday. The private eye of Citizen's Arrest. Who also happens to be an ex-copper. Before I say so what, I still don't understand why you followed him. Greg Marchment's working on the Earnshaw case, and he told me that Faraday loves deep cover. Smoke on the water. That's deep purple. Oh. Marchment also told me that Faraday left the force under a cloud because he was getting very chummy with his criminal contacts. And guess who fired him from the force? Your new best friend, Superintendent Salisbury. I can still feel a so what coming on. Salisbury told me that whoever murdered Martin Earnshaw was an attention-seeking showman. Not all attention-seeking showmen are psychopathic killers. Unless there's something you want to tell me? We know that Earnshaw was in hock to some heavy loan sharks. What if Faraday murdered him on their behalf? Motive? 
I haven't worked that out yet. Maybe because it's all a fantastic product of your fevered imagination. Or maybe Faraday wanted to humiliate his old boss, make him look stupid in public. <laughs> Sophie's perfectly able to do that for himself, patronizing git. I'm sorry about Mona. It's not your fault. He's an unforgettable. Forget Sawsby. I invite you down here to celebrate 35 years of divorce avoidance, and it turns into a fado farce. Our marriage is more whitehall farce with a touch of Ray Cooney for the scenes where I caught you with your trousers around your ankles. I haven't got the energy for that sort of indignity anymore. One advantage of aging, I suppose. Well, as I haven't heard anything from citizens' arrest, we may as well make our way back to London. Seems a pity to waste a perfectly good hotel room. <laughs> Is that a proposition? It's the school holidays. The weather's nice. Unfortunately, the production company was stumping up for the room, and I'm off the payroll. We could get a cheaper room. You are propositioning me. My treat. Call it a belated unanniversary present. So we checked out one hotel and found a well-appointed B&B tucked away near the lanes. What do you think? It hasn't got a sea view. A Who needs a sea view? Don't stint on the complimentary bubble bath. It's Albanian carver bought at very great expense from the barman while you were powdering your nose. Here's to foamy fun. Bubbles ahoy. All we need now is Juliet and Miles to burst in again. They went to collect Angela from her sleepover this morning and then they were heading home. So it's just you, me. And the jacuzzi. Looks like it. I hope things don't get out of hand. I hope they do. Mm. 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 Oh, no. What? I just remembered Miles's book. Thanks a lot. I'm sorry, it just popped into my head. Well, it can bloody well pop out again. Okay, it's popped, gone, vamoose. I should hope so, now. Yeah. Come here. Mmm. Mmm. Ah. Don't even think about it. Uh, hi, Morris. Don't sound too excited. I'm going to get undressed. Oh. You in pain? What? No, um, I've, got, I've got a pressing engagement. Well, I wouldn't want to get in the way. I'm undressed. Oh. You've done it again. What do you want, Morris? They found a leg. What? Your body double, Earnshaw. It's on the telly. Where's the remote? They found a charred leg. Uh. It's bound to be his. Now uh. I'm very undressed. I, I won't be a sec. Uh, is that a woman? None of your business. Oh, please don't tell me you're with Chloe Earnshaw. It's Francis. Oh, uh, uh, give her my love. I'm hoping to give her mine. Ah, here it is. Your love? The remote. Child remains are yet to be officially identified. I suppose the other leg will turn up soon, unless it's already revolving in a kebab shop window. You The news. Are you shushing me? No, I'll put you on speakerphone. Hello, Francis. Hello, Morris. Ever the pragmatist? Looks like they've found another piece of Earnshaw. Hmm. If citizens arrest book you for more reconstructions, I'll renegotiate your deal. What's it like in the land of amorality? Every cloud has a silver lining. Fifty pieces of silver in your case. It's been lovely talking to you, Morris, but now I need a shower. Your conscience is clean. I'll do the dirty work. Goodbye, Morris. Ciao, Francis. Bye-bye. The water's getting cold. I wonder... I'm going that off the boil, too. Or I could get dressed if we could watch Cash in the Attic. What? No, you go and warm up. I'll join you in a minute. I'm not really in the zone anymore, and you're wondering if your limping tramp had a leg in his suitcase. I admit it's a bit grand guignol. 
Okay, give me five minutes to get dressed, then you can show me where it all happened. Are you sure? Well, we're not going to find a man with a limp in here, are we? Twenty minutes later, we were peering up at the window of a flat above the shabby junk shop. It was only in broad daylight that I realised the side doorway we huddled in belonged to an adult boutique, coyly named For Your Eyes Only. See that window? The word sex toy never quite worked. That's me. the one Marchman was watching. It's like Posh and Spice. One sort of cancels the other. From here I could see him clearly. And where do you keep sex toys? A sex toy box? He was scribbling something in and a notebook. And you die and your kids are clearing through your stuff and it's, oh, look, here's mummy. Can we please concentrate on the job in hand? Marchmont was staring up at the window and he made some notes. Then the light went. Oh, God, Dad! What? That DVD! Francis. Horror of the worlds are like that! Are you interested in what I saw last night or would you rather do a critique of porn movie titles? In truth and matter, the carry on. Okay. The light in the window went out and Marchmont hurried away. I was about to follow when the door opposite opened and out limped the tramp. Or Ed Faraday playing a tramp. Maybe. There's something I haven't told you about him. You know Sam Noakes on the show? The eye candy copper. She had a fling with Greg Marchmont. Then when he left his wife and kids, Noakes dumped him for Ed Faraday. So, Marchmont's got a good reason to hate him. Yeah. What's any of this got to do with the Earnshaw man? We know Faraday had underworld connections. Maybe Greg wants to make sure he gets what's coming to him? There's no love lost there, but trouble is, Greg told me he didn't believe Faraday was a bent cop. Beverly Hills copulator! I I thought you were interested in this case. I'm sorry, but it's funny. <laughs> anyway, us chatting in the sex shop doorway is not a case. If it was a case, we'd be following leads. Suddenly, she's Miss Marple. I fancy myself as V.I. Wachowski. I fancy you as V.I. Wachowski. And what would she do in this situation? She'd go over and knock on the door. Yeah, great idea. Good, you or me. You're not serious. I'll do it. Francis! Stay there and check out the cast list on shaving Ryan's private. Francis! Oh, sorry! Scurrying back to my hidey hole, I watched Francis ring the doorbell. I didn't know what she'd do if Faraday opened it, and I doubt she did. In the event, it wasn't opened by a tramp or a private investigator dressed as a tramp. It was opened by D.S. Greg Marchmont, which was odd because he didn't live there. Odder still, he was in shirt sleeves and rubber gloves. Get away from there, Francis. Walk away. Francis seemed to be brazening it out, and after an apologetic exchange, Greg closed the door and she started back towards me. What? Don't come straight back to me. Fearful I'd be spotted, I shook my head and indicated for her to follow me. What a reckless, irresponsible... How many sugars are you going to put in that tea? Don't ever do that again. Calm down. Calm down. Anything could have happened. Well, it didn't. Anyway, he's never seen me before. I was just a ditzy woman who'd gone to the wrong address, and in all due immodesty, I was hot. It's not a game. I was really in character. You'd have been proud. What's happened to you? It was a buzz. You're turning into an adrenaline junkie. It was exciting. There are safer forms of excitement. Oh, stop talking like a public information film. Anyway, what the hell was Marchmont doing in there? And in rubber gloves. <gasps> you don't think he's in there now hacking off the other leg? He looked very shifty. I reckon he's as guilty as hell. If I ever go to court, I don't want you on my jury. Well, something's going on in there. But what? Murder! People are looking. Was there any blood on the gloves? No, but he'd have washed before... Bleach. What? 
While I was talking to him, there was a really strong smell of bleach and pine disinfectant. Could have been cleaning the lavatory. The lavatory of a limping tramp. And why is a tramp living in a flat? Even a grotty one. We ate early that night and made sure we were back at the B&B in time to watch further developments in the latest instalment of Citizens Arrest. Do you mind drinking out of a tooth glass? I'll drink out of anything. Even if it's had someone's dentures in. Nothing good wholesome alcohol won't sterilise out. Oh. Here we go. The investigation of missing businessman Martin Anshaw. Earlier today, a second mm -hmm. leg was discovered mm -hmm. on waste ground, and the police have confirmed that they believe this to be linked to the case. Okay. In a moment, we'll show you a reconstruction. Just but first, I'll hand you over to Detective Inspector Noakes. Sam. Thanks, Rob. The reconstruction you're about mm. to see shows Miss a fashionable Brighton restaurant a few days before Martin Earnshaw's disappearance. On the 15th, Mr. and Mrs. Earnshaw arrived at the Bay Tree Bistro at around 8.30. Is that you? Yes. The clothes Chloe Earnshaw Where'd you get that awful jacket? It's Martin Earnshaw's. It's a shame I can't buy his style. Ooh, here comes Chloe. This is like being in a cinema with a two-year-old. She's dying too. All these media women dye their eyebrows. Will you shut up about the eyebrows? Is that really how she dresses? Talk about obvious. We were supposed to be a couple on a night out. That's not fabric, it's sausage skin. She's a young woman. You would like it. Whether I like it or not is irrelevant. So, you don't like it? I have nothing to add to the burning debate about Chloe Earnshaw's dress sense. I don't need to, your face says it all. If that film jogs any memories, please get in touch. You talked through the whole thing. You're what? I'm really sorry. Did you meet her while you were on the show? Sam Noakes, I saw her, but we didn't meet. Why? Well, you could have used the old Paris charm and pumped her. What's got into you? For information. Oh. About what? And why would she talk to me? As far as citizen's arrest is concerned, I'm just the Earnshaw lookalike. Now, if I had information for her... Phone the hotline and tell them about Faraday and Marchmont and the flat. Tell them what? We don't know anything. We know Marchmont's been in there wearing rubber gloves. He has to pay alimony. He could be moonlighting as a cleaner. Come on. Where are we going? Out. Can't we stay in? I could always use the old Paris charm on you. I'll let you pretend I'm V.I. Vashotsky. Uh, uh, oh. Meandering through the back streets, we passed several pubs and I whimpered like a dog desperate for a walk. But Francis was on a mission, and pretty soon we were back in the doorway of For Your Eyes Only, peering up at the window opposite. No light on. Presumably no one's in. Let's find out. No! Fr Francis! Francis! I forbid you. There was no obeying in our marriage vows, so you can't forbid me from doing anything. What are you doing? Finding out if anyone's home. This is insane. Come on, Charles. Live a little. Living's fine. It's dying I'm worried about. No answer. Good, let's get the hell out of here. Hang on. My library card. This'll do. You want to withdraw some books? When I was talking to Marchmont, I noticed there was only an old Yale okay, lock. Okay, that's enough. I did this once and I got locked Are out. Are you out of your mind? Just keep a lookout. Come on. We're both going to end up in jail. I just need to bend the card. This is madness. We're in. Well done. Now shut the door and let's get the hell out of here before we get arrested. Don't you want to know what Marchmont was doing in here? Come on, Charles, we're just going to take a look. Oh, God. Is that my fault the doors creak? I can't see a thing. I told you to have an eye test. My eyes are fine. 
It's just my night vision. Well, in case you hadn't noticed, it's night and you need some vision. Where's the light switch? You can't put the lights on. There are no curtains. Where's my lighter? Hang on. I took a class trip to the science museum last time and... Aha! I wonder if they use wind-up torches in the SAS. That's better. It's too clean. Bleach and disinfectant. That's what I smelt when Marchmont opened the door. I don't like it. Me neither. It's got a bad atmosphere. It feels dead. I really don't like it. We should go before somebody turns up. Do you think we should check the bathroom first? Oh. oh. <gasps> what? Hi, Peter. It's Charles. Charles? Paris. Oh, CP, not PC. Sorry. I thought I was phoning Peter Capaldi, not Chucky P. Chucky who? My mistake, old love. Are you drunk? Not by your standards, but I have said a fond farewell to a rather exceptional Margot at the Ivy. Oh, and I bumped into your son-in-law. Miles? You have to do this now. What was he doing at the Ivy? Being wined and dined by his publisher. We are technically breaking the law. I had no idea it was his book you're going to read on Radio Actually, I've been meaning to speak to you about that. Not now! I'm, I'm not sure I should do it. Charles! Of course you should do it. It could look like nepotism. Oh, you old-fashioned thing. Nobody cares about that anymore. We are committing burglary, Charles. If everybody worried about nepotism, the business would come to a grinding standstill. Charles! Anyway, he's really excited that you're doing it. Give me the phone. No. Morris, uh, it's Francis. Oh, hello, darling. You still there? Yes. Sorry to butt in, but you caught us just in the middle of something we've never tried before. Good for you. Gotta keep the spark alight. This spark is potentially dangerous. Oh, say no more. Possibly illegal. Whoa, TMI. What you two get up to behind closed doors is none of my business. Just don't upset the servants or frighten the horses. Love you and leave you. Ciao. <sighs> How the hell am I going to get out of reading Miles' bloody book to the nation? I mean, I know it's work, but I can't face speaking his half-baked thoughts. Look! What? These floorboards are damp. It's a bathroom. They've been scrubbed so hard, the wood's starting to splinter. You're right. It's absolutely saturated in bleach, too. Whoever did this hasn't got everything out. Look at this patch. The torch beam illuminated a small brownish stain leaching out from beneath the bath. What do you say we get out of here? Yes. And now... The next morning, I gave Francis strict instructions to stay away from the Trafalgar Lane flat. So after a full English, she went shopping, and I made my way over to the hotel where Citizen's Arrest had set up an impromptu production office. Come in. Hi, you won't know me, but I'm... Charles, isn't it? Oh, you're good. Occupational hazard, names and faces. That's why you're a detective inspector and I'm an actor. You have to remember lines. Yeah, but ask me who's playing my wife and I have to check the front page of the script. <laughs> Remind me never to date an actor. <laughs> Fine by me. Sam Noakes may have been a poster girl for middle Englishmen of a certain age, but she didn't float my boat. Yeah, Rob's on the phone if you're here to see him. Uh, yeah. Presenter, producer and mastermind behind Citizen's Arrest, Rob Garston was milking the Earnshaw murder for every last gruesome drop. Actually, I was hoping to have a word with you. Oh? Well, you can tell the commissioning editor that Citizen's Arrest... Shall we get a coffee in the bar? Time. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, well, tell her she and the Islington cronies are not our target audience. So, what can I do for you, Charles? Well, this will sound like an actor with too much time on his hands, but 
I may have some information about the Earnshaw case. Go on. So I told her everything, carefully leaving out the bit where Francis and I broke into the flat. <laughs> okay, Charles. One, Ed Faraday's got more class than you're crediting him with. And two, there are any number of reasons why D.S. Marchmont, a serving police officer working on this case, should be in this flat you mentioned. I just thought... You'd accuse two people of murder without a shred of evidence. That wasn't quite what I was saying. Sounded it to me. Let me tell you, being involved in citizen's arrest doesn't give you immunity from the laws of slander. Of course. Now, it's good of you to take an amateur interest, but in case you hadn't noticed, there is a professional investigation in progress. I thought the whole idea of citizen's arrest was to involve the public in solving crimes. <laughs> That's the pitch. It's called showbiz. Don't confuse reality with reality TV. Can I quote you on that? No. Put firmly in my place, I now understood how it must have felt to be in the cabinet around 1980. Then, bang on cue. Look who's turned up again like the proverbial bad penny. Hello, right. sir. You know each other? We've run into each other a few times, haven't we, Charles? Yes. So, have they brought you back for more filming? Rob didn't tell me there was going to be another Earnshaw reconstruction. No, there isn't. So what are you doing here, then? Charles has been doing a bit of detective work in his downtime. Has he? Not really. And the detective inspector has sort of shot my theory out of the water. <laughs> You've got a theory? Forget it. Charles has been tailing D.S. Marchmont. Tailing's a bit strange. And he thinks he spotted Ed Faraday disguised as a tramp. I'm sorry. Now you say it out loud, I realise how stupid it sounds. When was this? Oh, a couple of nights ago. So that's what you were doing when you were arrested? Arrested? Mistaken identity. Uh, Charles makes a habit of winding up coppers. Which is why I think I'll be on my uh, way. As it happens, uh, I've had a tip-off that Ed Faraday's been holed up in that area, but disguising himself as a tramp. Sounds a bit amdram, don't you think, Sam? Oh, not his style at all. And D.S. Marchmont's no longer on this case. Oh? Yeah, I had a call from him last night. Uh, I was just on my way to tell you he's taken sick leave. Up to that point, Sam had been looking smugly self-satisfied, but Greg's absence was news to her, and it clearly rankled that it came from her superior officer. D.I. Noakes may have the media profile, but Sawsby was still in charge of the case, and she didn't like it. Hi. Any joy with the sexy cop? Well, she made me feel like an idiot. Did you tell her you pay her wages? I've pissed off one too many cops recently. So, what now? Um, I don't know. I'm just walking and thinking. How about lunch? We can think together. On my way to meet Francis, I realised I was near Greg Marchmont's place. Partly out of curiosity and partly because I hated being patronised by Noakes and Sawsby, I took a short detour and found myself ringing the bell to Greg's basement flat. I'd have assumed the flat was empty except for the music belting out from somewhere inside. I didn't have him down as a Floyd man. I peered through a grimy window into the filthy sitting room. If his own place was like this, why did he open the door to the other flat wearing rubber gloves? <sighs> Last time I'd been here was a few nights earlier when Greg and I bowled up in search of booze. Greg! It's Charles! I slipped round the side and down a dank little passage. Professionals never listen to their own advice and Greg only had a single lock on the door. As luck would have it, my local off-license had issued me with a loyalty card. Trembling, I copied Francis's trick and to my amazement... 
Anybody home? Having opted out of family life, Greg was living in lonely desolation. The place was dingy and depressing and smelt of sadness. Hello? I don't do premonitions, but before I entered the bathroom, I knew it was going to be bad. I was right. Oh, oh man. Greg was slumped on the floor, a gun near one hand, an empty bottle of vodka by the other. Oh. Fighting the nausea, I staggered back out of the room, my mind racing. I thought I was going to black out. I needed a drink, something cold. I stumbled to the fridge. Oh! Ah! Oh! Oh! A face stared out from the dairy shelf, and it was way past its sell-by. But this wasn't Martin Earnshaw. Either it was his best disguise to date, or the head in the fridge belonged to Ed Faraday. In episode three of A Reconstructed Corpse, Charles was played by Bill Nye, Francis by Suzanne Burden, and Morris by John Glover. Rob Garston was Adam Billington, Superintendent Soresby, Gerard McDermott, the Police Sergeant, Simon Bubb, and Samantha Noakes, Adjua Ando. A Reconstructed Corpse was written by Jeremy Front and based on the novel by Simon Brett. The director was Sally Evans. because I'd been doubling for murdered businessman Martin Earnshaw in the crime show Citizen's Arrest. Can we slow down a bit? No. I'd been on my way to meet Francis for lunch when I realised I was passing D.S. Marchmont's flat. Where are we going? A pub. Greg Marchmont was officially on sick leave, but I suspected he'd been taken off the Earnshaw case and wanting to find out why, I popped in to see him. Now, I wished I'd never gone near the place. Four double scotches, please. In one glass. As it comes. Intravenously? And whatever my wife's having. Nothing. This is strictly a spectator's food. What I'd seen in Greg's flat demanded strong drink in large quantities before I could give Francis even the expurgated highlights. Better? Getting there. So, maybe you can tell me what that was all about? <sighs> I may never be able to open a fridge again. What? Punctuated by two more doubles, I told Francis about the body in the bathroom and the decapitation in the kitchen. Excuse me, I'll have whatever he's having. The sight of Greg Marchmont sprawled on the bathroom floor with a gun in his hand was bad enough. Same again, please. But Ed Faraday's head on the dairy shelf was more than I could take. And one more. Ex-cop turned private investigator Faraday had achieved celebrity status as a key member of the citizen's arrest team. Ooh. I feel... Unusual. Yeah, you'd better stand on the brakes. It's the middle of the day, and I just matched you drink for drink. Come on, let's get some air. Oh, no, no, take take my arm. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't told the police. I broke into a crime scene, and they can trace a mobile. I've already had the red card from Inspector Sawsby for poking my nose in where it's not wanted. Use a phone box. Call them anonymously. I can't believe that D.S. Marshall is the Earnshaw killer. You don't know he is. I just found a head in his fridge. Not Earnshaw's. All the other body parts were burnt. So? So, for all anyone knows, they could all belong to Ed Faraday. Let's think about this. Greg had an affair with Samantha Noakes and walks out on his family. 
Noakes was a serving police officer with supermodel looks, a fake tan, and celebrity status as co-presenter of Citizen's Arrest. Then she dumps him for Ed, which is motive enough for a cream passionnel. You make it sound like a chocolate truffle. In the heat of the moment, Greg kills Ed, then comes to his senses and is filled with such self-disgust at his repulsive act. He shoots himself. Someone's been reading Dostoevsky. Okay, you come up with something better. I'm just thinking about what Superintendent Salisbury told me. That patronizing creep. Not flavor of the month, I know, but he's an experienced copper, and he said that whoever murdered Earnshaw is an attention-seeking showman. Does that description fit Greg Marchmont? No, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, but Greg was pretty dull. On the other hand, that's what they always say about serial killers. Such a nice, quiet man. Kept himself to himself. So kind to his mother. I'm kind to my mother. And I found some shocking sights in your fridge. Maybe you're the killer. This is getting us nowhere. <gasps> Who says the murderer is a man? We might be looking for an attention-seeking show woman. I.e. Detective Inspector Sam Noakes. Why kill the man you're sleeping with? Don't get me started. And we're missing one crucial point. What? Greg and Sam both had history with Ed Faraday. What reason would either of them have to kill Martin Earnshaw? Damn! Francis went back to our B&B to sleep off the booze. Meanwhile, I went in search of a working phone box that wasn't an impromptu pissoir or plastered with sex workers' business cards. Charles Paris, International Man of Mystery. <laughs> the only mystery is that you've got a functioning liver. <laughs> they don't build them like me anymore. Post-baby boom, they broke the mold. That'll be mold as in culture in a petri dish. Where are you? Roaming the streets of Brighton looking for a phone box. Nobody uses phone boxes anymore. Not in your world. But you've got a mobile. It's a long story. Why are you still in Brighton? Everybody's got to be somewhere. Ah, have citizens arrest said they need you for more filming? Um... Francis and I are having a mini-break to celebrate our 35th anniversary of divorce avoidance. Very romantic. Yeah. Any more bits of Earnshaw turned up? Not as far as I know. As I hadn't yet informed the police, I certainly wasn't going to tell my agent about the grisly scene I'd discovered. Well, the grieving widow's making the most of her time in the spotlight. Chloe? Hmm. A PR friend has taken her on to manage her media profile. Well, anyone in the public eye has to guard against the tabloids. Not to mention her book deal and the bidding war over film rights. What? Shocking, isn't it? Her husband's still turning up in installments. Uh, the wicked world. They're vultures. From what I hear, it's not one-way traffic. Chloe Earnshaw drives a hard bargain. You mean she's up for it? <laughs> if you're going to sell your soul, you may as well get a good price. Oh, speaking of deals, your son-in-law's publication date mm. is looming, and the BBC want to nail studio dates for your abridged reading. With characteristic ease, my son-in-law had penned and published It's a Dad Thing, One Man's Journey into Life's Biggest Adventure. If that wasn't bad enough, I was supposed to help aggrandize it on Radio 4. I'm still not sure I should do it. Yeah, well, unless you've been inundated with offers of work, of course you should do it. I can't, I can't talk about it now. I haven't got my diary with me. Uh, come off it. We both know it's empty. Uh, uh, all right, Mara, you're breaking up. On my way back to the B&B, I stopped off for a quick drink, then nipped into a chippy and sneaked a takeaway back to the room. Are you oh, my head. No, 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 don't, don't. 
Sit up too quickly, it makes it worse. Oh, hangover advice from the pro... Oh, what's that smell? I got us a fish supper. Oh! Try a bit, you'll feel better when you've got something inside you. That's always bad advice in my experience. Is this what it feels like to be you? It gets easier after the first two decades. Kill me now. Um, do you mind if I turn the telly on? Oh, pass me a chip already. Ooh, your mate, Sam Nicks. Will you be quiet? As the viewers are well aware, in recent weeks we've found burnt remains believed to be those of missing businessman Martin Earnshaw. Today's tip-off brought a further gruesome You the tip-off? No. Early this morning, a man walking his dog in Woodland stumbled across a human torso. Uh, just when I was getting my appetite back. I was watching that. You better phone in your tip-off. I tried while you were asleep. Well, all the phone boxes were out of order and then Morris phone them. I wonder if it's Anchor's or Faraday's torso. Don't talk all the fish. I thought you weren't hungry. Maybe you should try chatting up Samantha Nicks again. And let her send me away with a flea in my ear. I'm not going to be patronised by her again. What about Chloe Earnshaw? What about her? She's at the centre of this whole thing and she's not a policewoman. She might know something. From what Morris tells me, she's busy carving out her media career. Better still, you're in the media. She'll talk to you. I'm not in the media. I'm an actor. And what good am I to her? Tell her you know people. Turn on the charm. See what you can schmooze out of her. You know her address? We shot a reconstruction at her house. Good. We'll go over in the morning. We? You don't think I'm going to sit around here? Uh, actually, I sort of do. Don't worry, I'll stay outside. Keep things under surveillance. This isn't the Bourne identity. And you're not Matt Damon. Now shut up and give me a chip. Mm. Next morning, I found myself standing on Chloe Earnshaw's doorstep rehearsing what I was going to ask her. Meanwhile, Frances lurked nearby, doing her covert MI5 act. The detached house was in a 1980s executive cul-de-sac, a luxury 4x4 in every drive. Just the thing for a property developer, and presumably bought by Martin Earnshaw before he got into hock with violent loan sharks. Hello? Oh. Chloe appeared round the side of the house, in designer gear from hoodie to wellies. Even the strimmer was state-of-the-art and emblazoned with a high-end logo. Hope you don't mind me stopping by. I, I heard the latest news. Yes. It was an unemotional yes. But what kind of yes did I expect from a woman whose husband's torso had just turned up, minus the rest of him? Come round the side. She leant the strimmer against a wall and led me through a smart conservatory into a large open-plan kitchen. While she made coffee, I perched at the breakfast bar, peering at the garden beyond. There's always so much to do out there, and I'm not much of a gardener. Martin always used to cut the grass, but... Uh, That's the trouble with gardens. Things keep growing, no matter what. Sorry. I hate growing all the time. No, no, don't be silly. Everywhere I turn, there's something else to remind me. I can do it, if you like, the grass. You didn't come down from London just to offer to cut my lawn. I've been staying in Brighton since the filming. Seaside break? Uh, sort of. So, you haven't been filming more reconstructions of citizens' arrests? I think they've finished with me. Me too. You haven't heard from them? Not a peep. 
When Martin disappeared, they were all over me like a rash. And when body parts started turning up, everyone wanted a piece. <laughs> But that came out wrong. Under the circumstances, her laugh jarred somewhat. Oh, I suppose they'll be in touch now there's been this latest horrible discovery. How about the police? Have they been keeping you up to speed? Sam Noakes was very good to start with, but she's gone a bit quiet. Probably got her work cut out running the inquiry. <laughs> And she's got her TV profile to think of. It was the first time the sweet-faced Chloe had bared her teeth and shown her claws. There's a nutter wandering around out there and no one seems at all concerned about my safety. I mean, did you see any police presence when you arrived just now? No. What's happened to Detective, what's his name, Marchmont? He's vanished off the face of the earth as well. I'm starting to wonder if they even know what they're doing. What, what was that? I, I think it was in the garden. I'll have a look. But before I could go anywhere, a man stepped in from the conservatory. A man not entirely dissimilar in age, height and looks to me. What the hell are you doing here? I had to come back. You're supposed to be dead. Says who? Everyone knows it. It's first I've heard of it. You bloody idiot. Please, Chloe. Don't Chloe me. We need to talk. No, we don't. We need to sort things out and then I'll go for good. I thought you had gone for good. I thought you were dead. Why would you think that? Sorry to interrupt, but are you Martin Earnshaw? Y yes. Who are you? Charles. I've been working with Chloe. Working? You got yourself a job, Chloe. You're supposed to be dead. So you keep saying, but I'm not dead. I've been in Belgium. What am I going to do? I had to see you once more. I'm going to look like a dork in front of the entire nation. I wanted to talk to you face to face. Well, I don't want to talk to you. Please, Chloe. Please, Chloe, you pathetic moron. You've ruined everything. We need closure. Closure? You want closure? Oh, I'll give you closure. In a flash, she grabbed a large cleaver and flew at Earnshaw, who stumbled backwards into the conservatory. No! Please! With quite a lot of thought for my own safety, I tried to intervene, but Chloe spun round with a manic glint in her eyes and turned the blade on me. Chloe! Oh, you want a piece of me too? Come While she sliced and slashed at the air between us, a fourth figure sneaked in from the garden. Get away from my husband! Somewhere between Vita, Sackville, West and Boudicca, Francis wielded the strimmer till Chloe dropped her cleaver and fled the house, driving away at high speed. Wired on adrenaline and testosterone, my warrior queen went back to our B&B to calm down, while I had a chat with my alter ego. Oh, you wouldn't know from her cool exterior that she's got serious anger issues. Yeah, well, Francis has put up with a lot over the years. I meant Chloe. Oh, Chloe, of course. Here, get this down here. Oh, thanks. Oh. Oh, I've seen her in some rages. But I honestly thought she was going to kill me this time. You're not alone. Has this happened before? <laughs> Why do you think I left? Oh, I just wish I'd done it years earlier. Do you mind if I ask why you waited so long? Denial. To most men, I was living the dream. Middle-aged bloke, a beautiful younger wife, what's he got to complain about? But you've seen what she can be like. Oh, there are two Chloes. The butter wouldn't melt in her mouth, Angel, and the harpy from hell. So when you left, you did so of your own accord? Mm. I left out of self-preservation and desperation. Can I ask you something? Seems only fair. Why was Chloe so convinced I was dead? So I brought him up to speed, ending with the revelation that I was his TV lookalike. Pour me another scotch, will you? Well, I'm not that bad. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean that. You really didn't know any of this? Nothing. 
After I did my runner, I suffered a complete mental collapse. I just couldn't hack it anymore, so I tried to lose myself. I ended up in rural Belgium, cut off from the outside world. Why come back now? I've, uh, met someone else. Ah. She's got a small farm, and we're going to start over, but I've got to put my affairs in order, and this house is all I've got. Well, this and a whole heap of debt. So you've got to pay off all the loan sharks? Well, if you mean the banks, yeah. Banks? Well, you don't think I'd get into hock with real villains. As Earnshaw's story unfolded, I realised the full extent of Chloe's lies. The financial crash had certainly ruined her husband's business, but he'd done nothing illegal. No wonder Chloe panicked. She shot the world a whole pack of lies and now she's going to get found out. But she couldn't have planned all this. No. No, she must have reported me missing. And then some poor sod gets himself murdered. And when burnt body parts start turning up, the police put two and two together and Chloe goes along with the story. Yeah, well, she's always had an eye for the main chance. So it was just serendipity. Well, she's a fantasist. This was her chance to get rich and famous. Yeah. What next for you? Well, I'm going to sort out the mess here, and then it's back to Belgium, start my new life on the farm. Before you go, can I ask one favour? Yeah, sure. Before Martin Earnshaw comes back from the dead, could he keep a low profile for a bit longer? Why? There's something I'd like to sort out, and it might help if you were still officially dead. Well, I don't suppose you can do any more harm. Good linguine. Mmm, delicious. Where's your doppelganger tonight? Keeping out of the way and hoping he doesn't run into the trophy wife from hell. I always thought she looked high maintenance. Yeah. Give me a slob of a woman any day. Do you want Vongolet in your lap? Is that a threat or an offer? <laughs> <laughs> so, what next? I quite fancy the Zabaglione. I meant with the Earnshaw case. Oh. You're going to have to tell the police, you know. I know, but if I use my mobile, they'll trace the call and I'll have to explain what I was doing in Greg's flat. We'll find a phone box on the way back to the hotel. Deal? Deal. Now, do you mind if I enjoy my risotto? Go ahead. The thing that bothers uh, me is how come no one queried Chloe's story? Well, once events took over, she just sort of riffed on it and then things got out of hand. Surely Chloe knew she'd be found out sooner or later. Well, like Martin said, she's a fantasist. In her world, she was going to end up a TV celebrity, showing people round her sumptuous home for a feature in Hello. Just for being the widow of a murdered man? Stranger things have happened. In the meantime, she was lying from one day to the next. Then boom! dead husband walks in and the pack of cards comes tumbling round her ears. At which point she goes ape and attacks him with a meat cleaver. That still doesn't explain why the police didn't pick up on any of this. Say you went missing. Cheers. The police ask me a whole load of questions and they start finding body parts. Wouldn't I have to identify them? Yeah, but if everything's burnt beyond recognition... Very convenient. For the killer, if they want to conceal who the real victim is... Obviously, Greg Marchmont would have tried to cover his tracks. I, I just don't buy it. I don't believe Greg is a psychopathic killer. He screwed up his life. All he wanted to do was make it up to his wife and kids. 
How did Superintendent Salsby describe the murderer to you? An attention-seeking showman. And I said to you, what if it's an attention-seeking showwoman? You've really got it in for Sam Noakes. I've never even met the woman. But if you recall, we dismissed her as a suspect because she didn't have a reason to kill Martin Earnshaw. But we know Earnshaw's not dead, and she did have a very complicated history with Greg Marchmont and Ed Faraday. Uh-uh. I can see where this is leading. Maybe you shouldn't make that tip-off call to the police until you've had a chat with her. While in Brighton, Citizen's Arrest was based in a well-appointed hotel. The last time I'd been there, D.I. Noakes talked down to me like a not-too-bright schoolboy, so I bowled up expecting to be thoroughly patronised. Is this deja vu? I'm here about the Earnshaw case. I thought I told you last time. I know what you're thinking. Psychic too. But I really do have some information. No offence, Charles. A prefix that always means the complete opposite. But maybe I didn't make myself clear. <laughs> I think you did. Then you won't mind my asking why you're back? I'm a glutton for punishment. Have you heard from Greg recently? That's not information, it's a question. Humour me. As far as I know, D.S. Marchmont's still on sick leave. She was cool as a cucumber, not a flinch. Then again, whoever was behind this murder would have to be pretty detached. Am I allowed to ask if you've heard from Ed Faraday lately? Just the odd email? Odd. As in occasional? Again, not a twitch to give away a sense of unease or discomfort. Enough questions. You say you've got information about the Earnshaw case, and I'm running out of time. When the first body parts started turning I'm up... I'm running out of patience, Did too. Chloe Earnshaw have to identify them? <sighs> yes, she came to the morgue. Not that there was much to identify, but she recognised his watch. It was a fake Rolex he bought when they were in Hong Kong. How long did she spend looking at it? I don't know. It was a pretty grisly experience. Can you imagine what sort of a state it was in? So she didn't hold the watch? Evidence in a murder case? I don't think so. There are an awful lot of fake Rolexes out there. Are you suggesting someone planted false evidence? I'm just saying it's possible. Uh, okay, that's it. Enough's enough. If you've got any real information about this case, spit it out. Otherwise, I'll arrest you for wasting police time. They're not Martin Earnshaw's arms. Oh, really? They're not his legs, either. Or, for that matter, his torso. I take it you've got proof to support this statement? Only that I was drinking whiskey with him yesterday and he was definitely in one piece. If that's true, you better tell me where he is now. Before I do, I need to ask you one more question in the expectation that you're probably going to bore me out. Go on. When you went off with Ed Faraday, Greg fell apart pretty badly, am I right? Well? From what he told me, he was neglecting his duties at work and made some serious mistakes. For which he was formally disciplined. But not fired. No. You look surprised. A lot of coppers would have been out on their ears after that. What saved Greg? Somebody up there liked him? God? Only in his own mind. For a brief moment, the mask slipped, and Detective Inspector Noakes smiled at her indiscretion. We both knew the senior officer she was referring to, and in that moment, a tangle of loose ends began tying up in my mind. Now, I think you'd better tell me where I can find Martin Earnshaw. As soon as I had told her, I intended to anonymously tip off the police about the bodies at Greg's flat. That was my intention. Then I remembered the hotel's rooftop bar. Well, what difference would another half hour make? One large scotch. Thanks. Hi. Did you get to see her? Yes, I've just left. How did you get on? Well, we've been barking up the wrong tree. Damn! 
Just because you've taken against her on the telly doesn't mean she's a murderer. I'll remind you of that next time we're watching The Apprentice. So we're back at square one. Actually, we're not. You know who killed Ed Faraday? I've got a pretty good idea. Come on, then. But before I could make my big reveal... Well, well. If it isn't Inspector Clouseau... I'll call you back, Francis. Superintendent Salisbury. I don't want to come between husband and wife. We'd more or less finished. I thought you were long gone back to London. I've always had a soft spot for Brighton. So long as you're keeping out of trouble. Can I buy you a drink? You've twisted me arm. I'll have a pint of lager. As it was another sunny day, we took our drinks out to the roof terrace. Good health? Sure. <laughs> Noisy sod seagulls. Actually, they're herring gulls. Is that so? According to D.S. Marchman. Well, there you go. Of course, I didn't have the benefit of higher education. Must be a high-stress job being a copper. You've got to have the right stuff, that's for sure. Did Greg have the right stuff? What do you mean, did? You haven't heard. Heard what? Oh, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but Greg Marchmont's dead. All the colour drained from his big red cheeks. Looks like suicide. He was in his flat. Along with what's left of Ed Faraday. Anyone else would have reeled with the shock. Not Superintendent Sawsby. He just stared dead ahead with resignation stamped across his face. Oh, and by the way, I had a drink with Martin Earnshaw yesterday. <sighs> He's crawled out of the woodwork, has he? <laughs> That's bloody typical, that is. You wait all day for a corpse to rise from the dead and then two more come along at one. <sighs> You'll forgive me if I don't laugh. So, what got you to this point, Sherlock? Greg told me all about the affair with Sam Noakes and the split with his wife, but something he said lodged in my mind. Go on. He said you had him where you wanted him. At the time, I thought he meant he couldn't say no to overtime. Now I realize he was your clean-up man. Don't stop now. When he started screwing up at work, he should have been fired, but someone stepped in and saved him. Suddenly, Greg owed you one, and you were out for revenge on Ed Faraday. Oh, was I? He must have been a too-clever-by-half thorn in your side. Faraday was an aggravated hemorrhoid on the backside of life. And as his senior officer, the minute he overstepped the mark, you gave him the boot. Yeah, that day had been a long time coming. But then he turns up on telly along with smart-ass Sam Noakes, celebrity coppers coining it. I tell you what pissed me off. Thirty years in the job and those two end up the public face of police work. It's an insult to all hard-working officers. So when Martin Earnshaw went missing, you saw your chance to humiliate them in public. Oh, you've missed your vocation. I did a pretty good job of outwitting you too. Although it was a stroke of luck you getting arrested by that special constable. You were the limping tramp. You're an amateur detective. I'm an amateur actor. Don't give up the day job. Ditto. So when you said the murderer was an attention-seeking showman... As citizens' arrest has turned crime into showbiz, I wanted a piece of the action. Shall we have another drink before you hand me over to Sam Noakes? I think I'll pass this time. Yeah, that'll be a first. <laughs> What's it to be? No, really. Herringles, you say? What are you doing? Good view from up here. Shawsby. I think you'll have to have that drink on your own. Don't, Shawsby. Call it one for the road, Charles. No! The Earnshaw case rang the death knell for citizens' arrest, and as audience figures plummeted, the show was pulled. The one bit of good to come out of Sawsby's legacy. 
Last I heard, Chloe had been nicked for wasting police time. Back in London, Francis and I agreed to defer our anniversary celebrations till our 40th, if we made it. Till then, it was business as usual. Aha! Ah! Oh! Ah! Ah! It's okay, I'll open a window! Oh! Ah! It's all under control. I've just singed my cassip. Your what? It's a homemade Uzbek sausage I bought off a bloke at the Drummer Monkey. Don't touch it, I mean. Oh. Not now, Morris. I'm in the middle of a meaningful culinary experience. Did you get the script of Miles' book? Uh, yes, I got it. I'm trying to show a bit of enthusiasm. <sighs> it is a book of the week. This could open up a whole new world for you. All right. Talking to a sullen teenager. Whatever. 9.30, broadcasting house, don't be late. Goodbye, Morris. You're not really going to eat that thing. Watch me. So there I was, successful and high-earning, a classic alpha male silverback stuck in the 24-7 rat race. Then a tiny miracle happened and my world turned upside down. The miracle weighed eight pounds. She was called Angela Olive. And I was a dad. This is the story of one man's journey into life's big adventure. It's not a guidebook, it's a guy book. Oh, oh, sorry, um, sorry all, so, so, something stuck in my throat. Do you need a glass of water? No, I'll, I'll be all right. It's sunny great here, green light coming. Uh, it may have sounded great in there, but from where I sat... It sounded like a big full stop on my career. In a reconstructed corpse, Charles was played by Bill Nye, Francis by Suzanne Burden, and Morris by John Glover. Chloe Earnshaw was Francine Chamberlain, Superintendent Soresby, Gerard McDermott, Samantha Noakes, Adjoa Ando, and Martin Earnshaw, James Laley. A Reconstructed Corpse was written by Jeremy Front and based on the novel by Simon Brett. The director was Sally Evans. <laughs>